0: Mama, you may not have time for an hour-long massage, but you do have time for a quick chiropractic adjustment and you'll leave feeling even better afterwards. Cassidy and her team at T3 Chiropractic will use thermal imaging to identify the source of your inflammation and get you fixed up. Call 972-895-4655 to book your appointment or go to t3chiropractic.com. Mention that you heard about them on the Gather Moms podcast and your first appointment is only $65 instead of the regular $200 fee. Now back to the show. Hey moms, welcome back to the Gather Moms podcast. Hey Rebecca, I wanted us to talk about the topic we're going to cover today because even though we've actually discussed it a few times here, it is still one of the most requested topics by moms. Like, it dropped, they drop in our DMs, they leave comments. Where to go on vacation? Okay. What's the best place to get a manicure? (laughs) Where's the best sale happening right now? Those are great questions. Thank you. I I wish that was the question that we were asking. Okay. But it's always about technology. Oh, yes. We are all out here saying, what do we do with these screens? Listen, I want my email to burn. If my email could just burn and it could get rid of every single email I've ever gotten, I could start fresh from zero, which I saw on your social that you had like an empty email box this week. I had a flight. I went to Phoenix for a work thing and on the flight home, I um, was like, I'm going to pay for this little Wi-Fi fee and I'm going to sit here and I'm going to clean up my inbox. And so I unsubscribed from about 35,000 things. Both between text message because now they make you opt yes, in to yes, both. It's yes. so rude, and you want the fifteen percent off coupon, so you do it. So yes, then but you get then, all the text messages. Yes, so I cleaned up. My texts were sitting at like one fifteen, which was so annoying. Like I, I responded to someone that had texted me in June. Oh, and I was like, I am very sorry. Do you even remember that you texted me in June? Yeah, but then they text me back, and I'm like, don't text me back. <laughs> I just got the notification. This is one of those, like, do not respond text messages. I'm just trying to get, check it off the list. But I did, I got my email inbox cleaned up, and it feels so good. But now I'm, like, super on it. Like, as soon as I get an email, I'm keeping them It's just up. not possible in my lifetime. When I get to heaven one day, my email box will be empty. But until then, it's just going to have thousands. Are you, You're sitting at thousands? Oh, thousands. Really? Thousands. Yes. It would give you so many hives. I'm not even going to show it to you. It makes me feel a little sweaty just (laughs) like hearing that number. But but I really, I think I was at a thousand. So. Oh, that's nothing. (laughs) I think I got like 4,500. Something crazy. Well, and I mean, I'm sure like the invention of email was to like make our lives easier so that we weren't having to write letters, but man, I sure could go for a letter right oh, now. Oh, I love letters. Let's go back You're to so that. You're so good at letters. I love my letters. I <laughs> love when I open my mailbox and there's a little <laughs> letter from Rebecca. You can't read it because no, her my writing- but, but there's thought behind it, so. It really makes you, though, stop and study it, so you really get to savor the note because you're... And then text and be like, hey, what's this word? I can't figure it out. <laughs> you yeah. won't know. You wouldn't remember. What <laughs> will I can read my own handwriting. <laughs> yes, I can. So I think, you know, as parents, man, we're out here trying to navigate these screens because it's just so different than how we grew up. Like, of anything else, the major difference, would do you think, between... What our kids are experiencing in their upbringing and ours is technology. That and water bottles. Ma'am, listen, were we all just dehydrated? We never never had a water bottle. Never. I mean, were we just walking around like, no, I don't even know if I drank anything at lunch. Like, I don't know if I, did I have a milk carton? I don't know. Oh, if I was drinking something, like thinking back to high school, I mean, I was drinking a Coke. I was drinking a Sprite. My mom never got in the car with a cup. Like, Our kids will never know getting in the car without a cup. No. Everybody got to have a cup of something. No, it it really is crazy. But yeah, I think technology probably wins. Okay. Okay. Because I was thinking about like when I was growing up, you know, we had this one big TV. Did you have that big old box TV? Yes. Yes. Loved it. Okay. So we had this one big old TV. We had one computer. Okay. Yes, and I loved coming home after school and watching TV. There was the one TV in the family room, and so you, basically you had to watch. I to watch. But the same everybody thing. was watching. Yes, it. yes, yes. Uh, for good or bad. You know, my mom would watch shows. Looking back, I'm like, mm, I probably maybe oh, should have watched the soap operas. Yeah, <laughs> Guiding Light, or I can't even Days remember of the name. Days of Our name. Lives. I, that's not it. General Bold and Beautiful. Bold and the. No. Okay, there was something, <laughs> but yeah, I remember the soap opera. <laughs> And it's like this one couple that's like been having trouble for like twenty five <laughs> years. You're like, guys, this is not working. <laughs> and then like some like past sister comes into yeah. the scene that they never even knew about. Well, and the five children that they didn't know they had that appear along so the far way. Fetched. Yeah, it's yes. just bananas. Um, but so I would I would come home from school, I'd make myself a sandwich, and I would watch You had a sandwich? I would, I don't know why. I'm sure I had a sandwich at lunch, but I remember coming home from school and making a sandwich. That was my snack. Okay. We didn't have a lot of, like, my kids have all these bags of snacks. You know what I had? Instant potatoes. Instant mashed potatoes. That there was your those, snack? Yeah, they're those flakes, and yes. you would, like, pour them in a bowl and then add milk or water and heat them. This feels, like, very, like, homestead mm-hmm. survivalist. Yeah, that's I had, I had instant mashed potatoes. That's hilarious. Thank you. Um... Or we had we had Stouffer's chicken pot pies. You would eat a whole pot no, pie for a snack. No, I would eat some. Okay, so sh- so mom sometimes would have like bigger ones. Yes, and then sometimes there were like these little buddies. Yes, yeah. I tried to get my kids to eat pot pie, and they were like, oh, ma'am, this oh, is a no. Oh, my kids love pot pie. Really? Abby does. Yeah, she loves pot pie. Will they eat the frozen kind, or do yes. you have to make it fresh? No, she eats the frozen. I'm not making it fresh. Well, ma'am, I don't Jenny makes them fresh. Jenny does. Listen, shout out to Jenny. Yes. Because whenever people would have babies, that's what she brought, homemade chicken pot pie. Yes, and I was like, you're the queen, because <laughs> I didn't know people even did this. Yeah, it was so good. <laughs> so I would sit, and I would watch Oprah or, like, Boy Meets World. You know, and I would sit there and eat my little snack. And then just like you, we had one family computer, and it was in the living room. And to get on that thing, to get on the internet, nobody could be on the phone because we had dial-ups. You had to be like, I'm getting on the internet. You know, nobody pick up the phone. Because if somebody tried to call you, they got like a busy signal too. Uh Um, And then when AOL Instant Messenger came around, listen, we thought we were big time. Because I'd get home, and I'd be like, AOL IMing, you know, my friends and stuff. But even with that, it was limited because it's dial up. Like I remember getting home, pressing the little AOL like icon and it would go wah, wah, all the noise. Yes, I remember the noise. I would go make myself and we drink sweet tea. I'd yes. go no water. I'd go make myself a cup of sweet tea, come back, and then like the little um you've got mail icon or whatever, yes. I'd click that and then I'd walk <sighs> away and make a sandwich because uh. ma'am, that's 25 minutes. So, for that's nostalgic. loaded. I love it. And then came back and sit back down. And then I'm like, you know, talking on with my little friends. I thought we were big time when we could like instant message on AOL. Yes. It was big, big. Um, and I know you've said you didn't have a phone in high school. No. No. <laughs> I did not have a phone in okay, high school. Okay. I had a phone. It was a hand-me-down from my stepmom. And it was... How would I describe a brick. the size of it? It was a brick. It was a brick. Um... I mean, it was, yeah, I don't, I mean, as big as my Did you take it to school in your backpack? When I started driving, they let me have it. Okay. But literally all you could do on that was call someone or play snake. Do you remember the snake game? No. Oh, ma'am. It was just this little like digital snake that would go through and you had to try and it would start going faster and faster. You never played snake. Your brick phone did the snake game. Yes, yes, my brick phone, and she had gotten a cover on it that looked like formica or something. It was like marbled. It was (laughs) terrible. I'm like, man, where's the black phone? What is this formica covering on this thing? Marbled. It was marbled. So, like, you know, to say things have changed is quite the understatement. Yeah. Like we are raising our kids in a new world. We are pioneer parents in something that, no matter even like for our mamas that are in their twenties, things are still different than they were when you were growing up. You know, like things are just vastly no one has gone through this yet. No one has. Except Back to the Future. What's oh, that episode where they're mm-hmm. all like high tech? Don't Ma'am. you feel like that's coming for us? I think that's coming for us. Well, listen, won't we supposed to have like flying cars by yeah, this point. Yeah, flying cars and yes. No. They have severely disappointed us with that. We have no flying cars. I was in Phoenix though and I saw there were some of those like um, cars without the driver. <laughs> those scare me. Freaked me out. Yes, They have I all am these cameras on them and stuff. Not a fan. And I'm like, "Okay, I'm watching you because we're going through this intersection together and you're not taking me out." I know. Sunny boy. I know. Okay. Um so I want us to talk today about navigating the tech season. Because we're always navigating tech to a certain extent, but there are seasons where we're at a new level with our kids and really need to dig in. And but before we talk about those levels, I want us to look at our own screen time because we're always on the kids about how much they're on their screens, but I think we also need a reality check. Okay, so I'm going to ask you to do something. Open your settings, and you're going to go to your screen time, and you're going to look at your average pickups per day. What does pickups mean? How many times you picked up your phone? It tells you how many times you picked up your phone? Yes. Are you joking? No. <laughs> okay, so how many pickups does it say that you had yesterday? Fifty-three. Ma'am, what were you doing yesterday that you only picked up your phone 53 that's, times? That's not a lot. That no. feels like a lot. No, it is not a lot. I picked up my phone 53 times. That's a lot. Um, My number was 132. <laughs> are you joking? <laughs> no. no. It says my first pickup was at 6.30 a.m. It tells me the first time I picked up my phone. Yes. <gasps> like, if you are ready to hold yourself accountable for your screen time... You can go into your settings if you have an iPhone, you go into your settings, you look under screen time, and you can find out how long you're using each app, all kinds of things. Yeah. How many messages? What's what's the optimum number of pickups? Like, what's my goal? I don't know. I think 30 is great, dude. I'm totally going home to get my kids to... I want to see how many times they've picked up their phone. Are kids, like, just in the thousands? Well, no, it's way more. Okay, so I told you mine was, like, 130 or whatever, Um. So the statistics say that Americans check their phones an average of 144 times a day, which is kind of bananas because it said it's a 58%. Oh, this says a 58% decrease from the last cell phone usage survey published in January 22. However, we're also spending an average of four hours and 25 minutes each day on our phone. Did you hear that? Four hours and 25 minutes each day on our phones. That's and that's lot. up 30% from last year. So I guess people just aren't picking up their phone as much because they're just already holding it. I don't know. But that's pretty crazy to me. Wow. Um, that survey went on to say that many respondents say their phones, they have their phones with them all the time. They sleep with their phones. What percentage of people do you think sleep with their phones? What do you mean by sleep with? Like next to your bed? I think so. 98. Oh, I wonder if it's maybe in the bed or because it's 60% cuz i see what you're saying no i think that's right cuz i do know people that put their phone like in the kitchen or something they don't sleep with it in their bedroom yeah i think that's amazing but i do yeah i would say the majority of people sleep with it next to their bed okay yes um what percentage do you think check them within the first 10 minutes of waking up well if only 60% keep them in their bedroom see i think that's i think that sleep with their phones like It's in their bed with them. That's crazy. So check them within the first 10 minutes. 75%. 89%. Oh, my gosh. Well, I do. That's the first thing I do. I Um, roll over and check my phone. Yes, I Normally, it's my alarm. So it's my alarm and it wakes me up. But then when I'm trying to wake myself up, I'll like check email. I know. I know. And you know, every piece of research says don't do that. But here we are. Okay. And then what percentage of people use their phone on the toilet? Okay, I think that's gross. I don't do it. Um, 42. What do you do when you're sitting on the toilet? You just look at the ceiling? You look at the wall? I don't understand what you're s- not, I mean, like, <laughs> I, I have one goal. I have one goal while I'm in the bathroom. And I, once I accomplish that goal, I leave. But what if it's taking some time? Like, then y'all need to be having fiber in your diet. Okay? I don't know why it's taking y'all so much time. We need to help you out. Maybe it's my gluten-free diet, y'all. Maybe I'm just, like, killing it in the bathroom, okay? Well, and the men, okay, I know this is kind of a stereotype, but dudes, like, they, you know, go in their phone, and it's like 45 minutes later. Like, what are you doing? So, listen, I have two sons, and it's so funny. They talked about this the other day because I have one son that does take his phone in the bathroom, and the other son does not. Okay. And the son that does not thinks it's weird. He doesn't understand why people do that. Yeah. So... I but does one of them take a lot longer in the bathroom than the other? Yes, do? they do. Uh huh. Listen, we don't need to be sitting there. I don't <laughs> think that's good for your body. I feel like that's a poor position to be in. So get back out to the couch, y'all. okay? Well, seventy-five percent of people take their phone with them to the toilet. Are we gonna do? Can we do this on social? I want to see how many of our moms do. <laughs> but I mean, think about it. Like, there's not anywhere where you don't take your phone. Like, I've even got to the point. I'm doing this thing right now called. Lectio Divino. It's like where you like pray the word. And so I listen to this podcast and she like reads the word and you like pray it and breathe it. So in the morning, if I don't have enough time, I'll listen to it while I'm in the shower. And I like do my like meditation of the word in the shower. But then I start thinking like, okay, well the shower was like one of my only places where I didn't have the phone. And now you do. And now here it is with me. And so like in what spaces are we getting quiet or ever getting away from this thing? Like that's Banana pants, to think about that that's how much time we are spending with our phones. Like, no wonder, and just screens in general. Like, no wonder that that is... You want to have a phone burning? We could burn our phones together. (laughs) The world would shut down. (laughs) Okay, last question about percentage. When a notification comes up, what percentage of people look at it within five minutes? 82. Okay, 75%. So it's like, you know, you can't even get a notification without having to look at your phone. I, I don't think I do that. I think I'm pretty good about, I don't know, because sometimes I'm like, I don't want to be bothered right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unless the world is burning down. I don't need to talk. No, or you're look good her. about it because I'll text you and I won't hear back for oh, hours. Oh, so see now, <laughs> Mama Judy's out there going, same for me. I text her and she doesn't text me back either. I even called you today when I didn't hear back because I'm like, did she get this? Did she? Y'all, y'all. <laughs> She had literally texted me thirty seconds before. No, it had been several minutes. We were in the middle of talking about something. Oh my goodness! (laughs) First of all, I text with one finger. I'm a one finger texter. It is the most infuriating. It takes me longer, (laughs) so give me a second. I typically spell check my text messages and go back and add punctuation. I need y'all to know that Rebecca is not texting with thumbs. No, she uses one my pointer finger. Pointer finger. And it is like watching paint dry to watch her send a text message. It brings me peace. (laughs) I don't care what the rest of y'all are doing. Me and my one finger are doing great. Okay? Okay, so with all these statistics, like, a lot of these are definitely true for me. And preparing for this episode was very eye-opening. Like, I was kind of like, eek. You know, like, I know we're about to talk about kids in tech, but I definitely, like, they're watching me. And I need to make sure that I'm modeling this well. Like, I've seen my own kids, like, when they go into the bathroom with a phone, I'm like, you don't need a phone to go to the bath. And then I'm like, mm, well, where do they learn that? Uh. Mm. Okay. Um, so one of the things I did a couple of years ago was turn off all notifications on my phone except texts. So I don't get badges. I don't, like, if I get an email, I don't get a notification. If somebody comments on my Instagram or something, I don't get a notification. Like, I just turned all of that off. And I actually tried to turn off text messages and then I missed a bunch of stuff from Jeremy and it was like, okay, you can't turn off text. (laughs) You have to keep those going. But there's like a lot of like group things that I'm in that I just silence, you know, where you put the little moon on Uh because I don't need that to be pinging all the time. I can look at it what I want. And that whole process for me was about me being in control of when I looked at my phone instead of my phone telling me when to look at it. That's good. So kind of taking some of that back. Um, But What I did after reading these stats was I went into the settings on my phone and I set app limits for myself. So for me, my biggest ones um, that were times were Instagram and TikTok. Like I think yesterday I had an hour and a half on Instagram. Now I do that for work. So there are times when I have to be on it, but I think I could get all of that done in an hour, you know, and like TikTok. I mean, I think I had like 35 minutes yesterday. It's not like a, a ton of time, but we could set a 30-minute timer on that. Like, that's plenty of time to, like, scroll the TikToks. I don't need to be spending more time on it than that. So I China, knows. China knows how much time you're spending on TikTok. They're I went in and you. set a limit. Now, do you have downtime on your phone at night? No. Isn't that where everything, like, shuts down? Yeah, or, like, at least setting it to where you can't get any texts or calls after 10 p.m. Yeah, I don't have any of that. I mean, you just taught me how to turn the little moon on my phone, like, last week, so... <laughs> I'm not very good at this. Well, I need to show you because I think that's been something else that's helpful for me too is I have downtime from 10 p.m. to 7 a.m. So nothing on my phone, no notification, no dings, you know, can happen. No, I can't get text messages. Um, I do have breakthrough callers. So like if my mom calls, if Jeremy calls, like there's some people set up that if they call, they get to get through. But otherwise, I can't get a phone call. After 10 p.m. or before 7 a.m. Good to know. Yeah. So if I call, you're not going to know I did. I'm not. You're going to need to walk over here and <laughs> knock on the door, ma'am. Um. Another thing I'd like to be better at is what we just talked about, about not looking at my phone until I've talked to God in the morning. Um, I just, you know, I think it just the first thing we do in the day sets our day and i'd really like to just just kind of start using some self-control there and just just talk to god i don't have to have that phone i know in there's my nothing hand. that's happening in those first 30 minutes that is that important that i need to see it on my phone yeah agree so you know if we struggle to navigate tech and put limits on ourselves how much more will that be true for our little ones whether they're 4 or 14 they need our help like, none of us would allow our 8-year-old to walk into an adult bookstore and just be like, go into this X store and, you know, no limits, just go have a look around. Right. Like, we would never do that. But in effect, that's what we're doing when we allow our kids to use technology without any type of monitoring or guardrails. Um, the Pew Research Center reported that 60% of parents do not supervise their child's technology use. Wow. That's and- a lot. And so we that's basically just saying, here, go walk into this triple X and just figure it out. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, no wonder we're having all of these children that are addicted to things. Um, we tend to think, you know, my kid's too young to be getting in trouble online, or um, that wouldn't happen to my kid. But the truth is that there isn't a too young anymore, and it can happen to anyone Why do you think, Becca, that more parents aren't monitoring what their children are watching? I think it's ignorance. I think they really don't believe that their kid's going to stumble on something. Yeah. And then I think it's busyness. Yeah. Because it takes a lot of effort on my part to stop what I'm doing in my life to enter their life. Mm -hmm. Like even when they come home from school, it's very easy just to keep cooking or Mm -hmm. working instead of stopping to go say, hey, tell me about your day. Mm -hmm. And when they say... It was fine to not walk away and go back to what I'm doing, but to stop and say, okay, no, 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 like what happened? Yeah. I think it's the same thing with their tech. We are so busy with our own lives. We just don't stop to enter their lives. Yes. Well, and it can feel overwhelming because I think a lot of us just don't even know where to start. And it's like there's all these different devices. How do I navigate this? And just like we talked about before, that wasn't part of our upbringing. You know, we didn't – the way that people were seeing – If you were getting, a, if a predator was coming for you, they were going to find you in the woods or something like that, you know, or in a white van that rolled up on you. And we learned about stranger danger. You know, if you were going to see something that you shouldn't see, it was probably in a magazine that like some kid had, but it wasn't at the, at everybody's fingertips. But I don't even know that parents are overwhelmed because I don't think they actually know what their kids can stumble upon. I just think, I just don't think parents consider it. Okay. Out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. Like, that's not going to happen. I don't have to worry about that. Okay. Because so many parents are, like, literally shocked when their kid does. Yeah. Like, how in the world did that happen? Uh-huh. And there's others of us going, oh, my gosh, it's, like, right there in their hand. Uh-huh. It's just at their fingertips. No, I mean, I would I would just caution. I would say to you, go get your, you know, five-year-old's device and, and type in the P-O-R-N word or type in even bikinis or type in, you know, Anything that you think a kid might search for, a body part they're curious about, anything like that, and see what comes up, you will be shocked. Uh, the other one is, I think the other one that we're just kind of burying in our head in the sand is, it's with our kids communicating with other people online through, yes. you know, playing Minecraft or Roblox or something like that, where they're getting groomed um, in these relationships with these predators, and we think that would never happen to my kid, but it is happening everywhere. And you know, just like. With all things, we can't take the everything or nothing approach. You know, just like we know it's dangerous to give them access to everything, it can also be dangerous to give them nothing because we have to slowly let out the rope as we guide them through. You know, imagine that you've been like Fort Knox. Your house is Fort Knox. Ain't nobody getting on the Internet. Ain't nobody have social media, you know, and you're that way. And then you have this 18-year-old boy and you send him off to college. And there's not Fort Knox at college. You know, what is the first thing he is going to do as soon as he gets his college computer? I mean, not necessarily, but probably the statistics say the likelihood, the very first thing he's going to do is he's going to put in that Google search the things he's been wanting to see. Right. Because without any preparation or guidelines, only being told it's bad, we're setting them up for failure. And, you know, monitoring tech can feel like a lot because there are different devices. They each have their own ways to set parental protection. And so I want us to talk through the seasons of navigating tech and get very practical and specific about what we can do. So I think the first season that we navigate tech is with littles. And with our very littles, you know, they may have like a little Amazon iPad. They may have a regular iPad or they're Watching TV where they're watching some little show. Or your phone, like when you go to a restaurant and you hand your phone to them. Yes. Yeah. Um, But with them, our main concern is monitoring the amount of time that they're on screens and what they could inadvertently see as they're trying to watch cartoons or something on YouTube. You know, it's really, they're not necessarily going looking for something. It's something that they could stumble upon. And then it's just the amount of time that they're spending And, you know, there's a lot of controversy out there about how much time littles are supposed to be on screens. And so much of that is specific to your child. You know, your child may be thriving. They could be watching something educational that's really helping them. Like so much of that is a case-by-case scenario. But you know your kid. And so you know what's an appropriate amount of time for them until you start to see their behavior change based on the amount of time that they're getting. So for littles, we just want to make sure that they can only access their profile on any device or streaming service. And you want to set their profile to their age and make sure profanity and sexual content are not allowed. So in our house, we do not do regular YouTube. That's just something for us. I have found YouTube to be very hard to keep safe. And so that's just not something we have done in our homes. At school, the kids use it because they're on the school network, and they have all of these parameters set in place to keep them safe. But here, um, I've only allowed them to do YouTube kids. Um, And even still, like, you got to be watching YouTube kids. You can't just let it roll and think that it's going to be okay. Do you guys do YouTube? How do you feel about that? I was just thinking about that Um, because my kids are older now, and so – I honestly don't remember my boys when they were young even watching YouTube or knowing what it was. I think it was, like, non-existent. It was existent, but we didn't have it in our house. But with Abby, she's a fifth grader, and she does watch, you know, these little shows with families and stuff on YouTube. And so I'm trying to think in my head, is it YouTube Kids or is it YouTube? I think it's regular YouTube. Yeah. And so what we just have to be careful about with that, with that school-age children, because we're about to pivot to those, is, you know, do we have protection on those devices where if she got curious— Right, right about sex or something, and she typed it into the search bar, what would come up? Well, and I know she even watches YouTube on her TV. Like, it's not yes. just her device, but okay. she can do it on the TV in the living room. Exactly. So we're going to talk about those, too. So with littles, um, experts tell us to watch for signs that a kiddo may have an addiction um, or may be interacting with some someone harmful or something harmful on their device if they start to pull away, have a large personality change, seem more withdrawn. So, you know, if, if they're having a really hard time, like I remember when my kids were smaller, we're about to get to school age children. So this is kind of the bridge there. But I remember when we very first gave my son Minecraft, you know, he'd been asking for it and it was like, the kid could not stop thinking about Minecraft, could not stop playing Minecraft. When we tried to take it away from him, it was a struggle. We caught him in the middle of the night playing it when he was not supposed to be on the iPad, you know, like he it was, he had really quickly gotten addicted to it. And so we had to figure out, uh uh-oh, okay, this is, this is a problem. (laughs) You know, we need to put some more guardrails in place and really pull this thing back. And actually then what we did was we took a break from it for a while until we were ready to try it again because it just, it wasn't a good fit for him. And we could tell that it changed him. Well, and it's not something like, The discipline there, they're not doing it on purpose. They're just so young. They don't have the ability to monitor that. Yes. So I think sometimes as parents, you have to remind yourself that you're the parent for a reason. Yeah. And yes, we're more mature and have abilities to control certain things. But little kids, sometimes they're just enjoying themselves. They're having fun. They don't know that it's harmful to them. Exactly. And so we never want to shame our children, um, but we do want to create a safe space where they can tell us what they've seen or who they're talking to online. Um, all streaming services, Netflix, Disney plus YouTube kids, you know, they roll from one episode to the next. And in the same way that we can kind of get sucked into the fog of that, they can too. And so we want to talk to them about that because we know that they can become little monsters when they're on screens too much. Yes. And so setting up time limits on apps is a great way to help with that. You can just go into settings and screen time and you can set app limits, um, on the device that they're using. Um, you can also just set timers where you say, Hey, you get an hour of screens after you play outside for an hour, you know, just making sure that they're doing those healthy things where they're moving their bodies. Um, I do want to stop down and say the profiles, like if you have a family Netflix and everybody can toggle between their profile, please just make sure that the adult profiles are set with a passcode that the kiddos don't know. Because your adult profile is going to be set where you could potentially watch an MA-rated show or a PG-13 or an R show, but you don't want your children to have access to those. You don't know what they're going to. I mean, those streaming services, there are all kinds of shows on there, you guys, that we would never want them to see. And so we want to make sure that the kids' profiles, they can only access the ones that are appropriate for them and that we've gone into those profiles and set it for a 7-year-old or a 5-year-old or what it had. Well, and let me tell you, they know your password. Like, so many times over the years, my kids have just guessed it. Mm. Or it's like a number, it's our phone number Uh or our birth date. Uh I mean, those kids are smart. They are, and we've had to change ours. We're at one right now that thankfully they don't know. Right. But you have to to be watching that and change it. Which part of me is, like, comforted because I'm like – I die tomorrow, you're gonna know how to get into like our bank account and stuff, so that's good. But Uh then part of you's like, oh my goodness, I had no idea that you were so you were watching me so closely that you knew the numbers that I would choose. Yeah, no, I know. Okay, so now let's talk about grade school years. So as kids head into the grade school years, they start to get more tech savvy and they learn how to Google search. And this is the game changer. They're also gonna get curious about new things. And it's so easy to search for something instead of asking mom and dad. And so this, you guys, is when we want to do an inventory of the screens in our house and consider what our kids can access on each one. And I think you would be amazed what you can get to on a smart TV, an old laptop you have stored in a cabinet that you forgot about, or a seemingly harmless Chromebook. Like, I would challenge you to, if you have a kid in grade school, just sit down and hopefully you have a spouse or a partner that's like in this with you that you can think through. Um, But you need to sit down and make a list. These are all the pieces of tech in this house. Um, Even Nintendo Switch, you guys, you can get on the internet on those things. So you have to think through what are all of the pieces of tech in this house and then start Googling to figure out how to password protect or shut off features on each of those things. So your smart TV, you know, how to password protect that so they cannot get onto the internet. And a lot of the smart TVs come with all kinds of apps that they can access. You know, we have got to lock that down so they can't access those or or um, delete or add apps. Um, we talked about password protecting streaming services like Netflix. And having passwords and settings on laptops and computers so that a kiddo can't get onto that without you opening it up for them. Um, And then there's even monitoring, like I was mentioning, for Nintendo Switch for parents. So we have an app that monitors all of those so that we're watching those things. Well, and I would say, too, don't be afraid because there are so many resources out there Mm -hmm. that honestly... Years ago, it was so hard, it but was. now you can find it. I agree. And it's not going to take you all day, right? and it's it's something that's going to benefit your family, so don't be afraid to jump in and go, okay, for the next 20 minutes, I'm going to research this. Yes. You're going to be surprised how much stuff you find, how quickly you find it. I would agree. And, you know, even if we're talking about two or three hours, you guys, let's say that's the maximum amount of time that this takes, putting these safeguards around your home are worth the time. Please hear me say this. It is worth the time. Take it seriously. Three hours could mean a game-changing choice for your family. What your child is exposed to, what your son or daughter is exposed to, a potential stronghold in their life. Like, take the time and take it seriously. Um, so like Rebecca was saying, all of this is readily available, all of these settings and parental controls, like it's gotten so much better. Um, but it needs to be done by the time a child knows how to do a Google search, which is around age seven. And this would also probably be a good time to go ahead and install a web safe software. We'll list these in the show notes, but in our house, we use QStudio, Um, and another popular one is called NetNanny. So we have something called it's Q U S T U D I O. On every phone, every laptop, and you can go into those and set up protection services on those. So if a kid tries to get on something, it's going to block it, but then it's also going to send you an email and let you know. Well, and I would say, too, once you get into the age where friends are coming to visit, you may have a friend Mm. in your home that doesn't have some of these controls in their house. And so they, innocently or not, may say, hey, let's try and search this or Uh let's try and do this. And it's not your kid doing it, Uh but it's somebody that's just trying it in your house. Yeah. So you want to make sure that you have those protections over your house, not just for your kid, but for friends that come over, for sleepovers or parties or whatever it might be. Well, and that's a good point, too, of if your kid also is going to someone else's house, I, we unfortunately we have to have the conversation with parents where we're saying, hey, what devices are available to them? What are they going to be watching? We have to have those conversations. Um, because you guys, if 60% of parents are not monitoring what their kids are watching, there's a decent chance that your kid could be going to hang out at a friend's house where that is not being monitored and they could end up in an unsafe situation. And it's okay for you to ask the parent if they have those controls and if they don't say, okay, well, they're going to have to come to our house. Yeah. But they can't go to your house. Yes. Or if it's a slumber party and they don't, you know, restrict the use of devices overnight, you know what? They can come till about 11 p.m., but then we're going to go ahead and bring them home. That's exactly right. You're allowed to say what's best for your kid. Yeah, that's great. So, with these grade school kids, as you give them more tech availability, I just want to encourage you to start small. We really want to push off giving a phone, having social media for as long as possible. So, Rebecca, what has worked for y'all there? Well, you know, social media is kind of our biggest thing. Our two oldest kids are boys, and so um, what what they were most pressured by, by their friends, which I think it changes over the years, you know? Different grades have different, I don't know, personalities to them. It's been interesting to me. And for our oldest, it was immediately social media because all the friends had Snapchat and that's what he wanted. And so we had to decide what was best for our family. And then we didn't give it all at once. We would give one thing at a time, see how they do with that. And some of the stuff, like we've just given it to him this year as a senior. And I'm not ashamed by that. And it has not changed his life, you know, in a negative way. Yeah. And when he gets out of my house one day as an adult, he's going to get to choose whatever he wants. But for now, this is what worked for our family. Good. I love that. Yeah, I mean, I have a sophomore in high school, and he hasn't had social media yet. And that's probably something we're going to need to consider at some point just to help give him, let him kind of figure that out while he's under our roof. But we have not, we haven't gone there yet. And I think, too, you need to know your kid. Like, are they at the level of maturity where they can handle this? And I love that you said about, we just, we're not going to open the gates to them all, you know, you're not getting Snap and Insta and TikTok and Facebook, sir, ma'am, then we're just setting them up for disaster. And we're not, one of the things that we have changed in our parenting that I thought I was going to do before I had kids was that like at a certain age, they were open to whatever I said they were open to. But like what you just said with every kid is different. My fourteen year old may not get the same thing that my other my older kid got at fourteen. Yeah. Because his personality or maturity may be different. Or he may get something different because we feel like he's more ready. Yeah. Don't feel like you have to like set this standard in your house. It's like, okay, everybody has to follow this. Right. I think it's important to know your kid. Yeah. That's good. So then, you know, as we enter into late middle school, high school years, you you know, you'll probably be adding a phone. And I think, mamas, you'll be amazed at all you can set up with screen time in your family's settings on your phone. So you just go to settings, family, under like your uh, Apple ID and click on your child and then screen time. And it's in there that you can go to content and privacy restrictions and you can set up. Can they um, see explicit language or hear that? What rating of videos are they allowed to see? I mean, there's all kinds of things that you can set, um, music, all kinds of things. And then that's also where you can set app limits and downtime. Um, and also let me just say, I don't, none of my kids have Safari on their phones. Like we just don't, like it's just turned off, um, I have not had a found a way where I feel like we feel real safe about it. And so it's just off. And I've been, been able to set that in the screen time settings. And then we also have the backstop of having Q Studio on our phones. Um so like and then like I was saying, we have not yet introduced social media, but when we do, we'll use Bark to help monitor the kids. It's another really great platform I'm going to talk about more in just a second. But just so as you're thinking about tech and we'll put all this in the show notes cuz I know this is a lot. This is like a very logistically heavy episode. But I want to have you give you just a few suggestions of things that are general good rules as you're f- considering how to keep your family safe. Um, one good rule is that all phones, laptops, tablets, et cetera, um, are used in a common room. So like if kids are on computers and stuff, we just like to put those in a place where somebody's not shutting a door and we we, we can't just see. I want to be able to walk by and see what's going on. Uh, we like having app limits on times. Uh, we want to seek permission before using a device. So, you know, especially for younger kids, if they want to get on the laptop, they, it's okay for them to have to come to you and say, Hey, can, can I get on the computer? Great. Like th- that's good. They don't need to just have carte blanche to be able to get on that thing whenever they want. Uh, we also have it set where they have to seek permission before installing any new apps. So we have to give approval for those. We do um, devices turned in um, at bedtime, and uh, we talk to your kids about not sharing personal information online, and we don't enter chats with people that we don't know online. So if my kids are playing a game, like, and it's a very, like, case-by-case basis where it's like, hey, my friend Millie is in Animal Crossing, and I'm like, okay, we can connect with that one kid, you know? Yes. (laughs) But we're just not out here opening that up to the world. Uh, Okay, so... The, the last thing I want to talk to you about is I listened to an episode recently on the Raising Boys and Girls podcast, and they had the Bark folks on. So Bark is, is especially good for they monitor social media. And I was reminded what a big deal tech is and why we have to take it seriously. So they monitor billions of communications from their users each year, and here's what they found in 2023. Like, some of this is going to blow you away. I'm going to go through some of these stats pretty quickly. But they said, on average, children ages 8 to 12 in the United States spend 4 to 6 hours a day watching or using screens, and teens spend up to 9 hours a day on screens. That's insane. It's like all your waking moments. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Um, So they also said that with regards to sexual content, 70% of tweens and 91% of teens encounter nudity or content of a sexual nature. Wow. Wow. 91%. That's crazy. Uh, Sexting. So one of their Atlanta middle school principals told them sexting is the new first base. You know, they're connected with all of these leaders in public schools and everything. And that was to me was startling when I heard them say that in the interview. They said 75% of tweens and 93% of teens engaged in conversations about drugs and alcohol. 93% friends. Um. 72% of tweens and 85% of teens experienced bullying, either as the bully, the victim, or the witness. Uh, 10% of tweens and 21% of teens experienced predators. And there was a, nine. listen to this, there was a 97.5% increase in online enticement reports. Like online predators trying to entice children was up 97.5%. Wow. Yeah, And they can um, see all that with the bar cap? Yes. Like these people have the data. You know, they have the data. And one of the things they said that I thought was so good is, you know, they go around, they do conferences, they're, they're educating parents. And one of the things they said is, we have never heard a parent say, I should have given it to them earlier. Yes, that's <laughs> very true. You know? Yes. They've never heard them say that. And so, you know, we don't wait forever, but we just kind of, we just ride the brakes on this thing. Until mom's like, I know this has been a lot and it can feel overwhelming, but I wanna tell you that God has equipped you as a mama in every area that you need to help your kids. And this area is included. 2 Peter 1 3 says, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. All things. Like God knew about the internet. Long time ago, when Second Peter came out, like it wasn't like this doesn't include technology, it includes technology. So, he has given us his divine power to be able to manage all things to help our kids have life and godliness. And I just want us to take it seriously because it seems that more than any other tactic, Satan is coming for the souls of our children through their screens. We have to fight, we have to set watchmen on the walls to guard the souls of our children. So many of the issues our teens are dealing with go back to the inception of the iPhone in 2007. You know, the statistics are startling. There's a direct correlation to that date and the drastic rise in depression and suicide. And so we have to fight for our kids. Um, Ephesians 6.10 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And 1 Peter 5 says, be alert and sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Stand firm in the faith because the, you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. The enemy is wanting to pick off our children one at a time and put them in a stranglehold and put them in a position where their brains are compromised and they're they're in just this pain that they don't have to be in. And we have got to contend for them. And then we can have victory in this. Romans 8 says, No, in all things, all things, mom, even the internet, even screens, even tech, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And, you know, that scripture goes on to say that I'm convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor demons, that there's nothing in all creation that can separate us from the love of God. You know, even God, there is not tech that can separate your child from the love of God. And what we want to be able to do is redeem the screens for the glory of God. We want to use them in a way that helps our children flourish. And so we just, I just want to challenge you, you know, after you hear this episode, first of all, to not respond in fear or panic. Don't close your hands around this and and try and take control or get worried about it. no. Open your hands and ask God, how do we move forward here? How do we keep our kids safe? And then just start taking the steps in order to um, help your kids be safe around screens. I think it's such a good reminder. And what I would say to you is that don't get too comfortable. Yeah. Once you have one kid kind of get ahead in tech, you might think you have it all figured out. This is such a great reminder to me to go back and look again and check again and see again. Because you never know what one kid gets involved with, your next kid may not. Yeah. Or it might be the other way around. Right. So ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what's good for each of your kids and how you can handle that. And I love what Kate said about don't be afraid. God knew all this ahead of time. And you're in a community of moms that we're all, you know, we all have the best hopes for our kids in this. Mm -hmm. They're not going to ever live in a world without technology. Mm -hmm. So although I want my email to burn. It's not going to ever happen that way. So what a great gift to give to them to be able to handle it in a responsible way and learn how it can benefit them. That's right. And you guys, God is using the internet to reach the ends of the earth for Jesus. Like he is using it for good and we want to be part of that mission. We want to use it for good. Moms, we love you. All of these tips and links and everything will be in the show notes. So do not fear, we've got you and we'll see you next time. Bye moms.